Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to StageCraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows, on Broadway, off-Broadway, and singing from an apartment window near you. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to Brian Stokes Mitchell. Theater fans probably don't need me to introduce him, but here goes, just in case. Mitchell is the Tony-winning Broadway favorite from shows like Ragtime, Kiss Me Kate, King Hedley II, Man of La Mancha, and Shuffle Along. He's also the chairman of the board of the Actors Fund, the human services organization supporting entertainment industry professionals. And more recently, he spent some of his time during the coronavirus lockdown serenading first responders from his apartment window with The Impossible Dream, his signature number from Man of La Mancha. He's since had to quit singing out of concern for the safety of the crowds he was attracting, but now he's in the virtual studio with me to tell us about his continued work with the Actors Fund and everything else keeping him busy while theater is on pause. Hi, Stokes. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Gordon. It's great being with you. So before we start talking about the Actors Fund, you had to give up singing out your window. Tell us why. (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, uh, as a lot of people know, I I mean, it kind of started with I I actually went through COVID and I had quite a a battle with it. And um, uh, during that process, that's when everybody started applauding, you know, for all the healthcare workers out of the windows. And I was doing that um, even while I was kind of recovering. And at some point I, I felt, oh, I think I can sing because I was vocalizing to kind of help my lungs and everything. And I just started spontaneously singing the impossible dream out the window. And then I did it the next day because it felt good. And I did it the next day. And I noticed that there was a crowd starting to form underneath. And right. then I started getting a lot of, uh, uh, news coverage about it as well. Uh, people were telling me, "Oh, I saw you in Japan," or "Yeah, right, right." I saw you in Italy, or something like that. I said, "Oh, yeah. really? I didn't know I was over there." Yeah. <laughs> but as a result of that, the crowds on Broadway starting started to get uh, kind of large, and I was getting a little concerned. And this is Broadway, the street. We should say this right? is, yeah, this is Broadway, yeah, the street on the Upper West Side. Yeah, 
Yes. Uh, I was starting to get a little concerned because I, I was looking down and I could see people, you know, when I started singing, sometimes people would come across the street without really paying very much attention to the traffic. And sometimes yeah. the people driving in the cars would be, uh, you know, not paying it, be paying so much attention. So I actually talked to someone from the NYPD about it, you know, and I said, hey, I'm yeah. really concerned. I, I want to make your lives, you know, easier, not more difficult. And uh, what can I do? And the guy I talked to said, well, how about not singing from your window? <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, I could, I could do that. And, you know, and I was starting to get a little concerned about it anyway. So actually that, that evening I made an announcement from the window that I wasn't going to do that. But what I might do actually now is uh, somebody just told me that this week um, is uh, National Nurses Week. And somebody oh. said they go to one of the hospitals around here uh, from the neighborhood that had seen me sing in the window. And um and said, why don't you come up and sing for the nurses up there? Because the crowds are getting a little smaller there and the fire engines used to come and applaud them and they're not doing that anymore. Oh, yeah, so I think I actually, I might, I might do that starting tonight. Yeah. How hard was it to start singing after, after COVID? Like, because one of the, as I understand it, uh, one of the things that it really hits is your respiratory system. So uh, how, uh, was that a long process to sort of get yourself back up um, to singing form? Yeah, not so long because I was kind of doing, you know, act, singers are just like, we're just such delicate flowers and we're like hyper-focused on our, on our, you know, everything that has to do, you know, your lungs, your trachea, your, I mean, my vocal cords, I can literally feel which of my vocal cords is having an issue, whether it's the right side or the left side, you know, we're, we're concerned about our, our, our sinuses and all of that stuff. So because we're so, you know, hyper-focused on all of those things, um, I was very aware of what was going on in my lungs. And I was fortunate that towards the end of my illness is when it started going into my lungs, but it didn't go in terribly. Mm. I felt it first in my trachea and then I could feel it going into my lungs a little bit. And it, it got to the point where if I took a, a, a big breath, I would start coughing. But when I was vocalizing, I realized it was going away more and more. And I just was doing vocal, uh, vocal exercises and breathing exercises as well. And I was trying to, uh, you know, move as much as I could, uh, as well. And, um, so, uh, you know, but it was, that's hard to do while I was in isolation at the house, but yeah, of um, course. Yeah. I, I know some like Qigong exercises that I was doing for the lungs. So I was doing those as well. So by the time I got to the window to sing, I was really feeling pretty good and it, it keeps improving more and more every, uh, you know, every time, uh, or kept improving every time that I did it. Um, so, and I would say now, even if I take a really deep breath, I'm 99 point, you know, 99% back. I can feel right. just a little something at the top of my breath, but other than that, you know, um, it, it's, it feels quite, quite good now. Yeah. Good. And so a lot of the streaming shows that people have turned to during this lockdown, particularly theater people have turned to during this lockdown have been benefits, several of them for the Actors Fund, which is an organization you have been involved with for a long time. Tell us about your involvement and what the Actors Fund does. Um, uh, well, I'm the chairman of the board of the Actors Fund. I've been the chairman of the board now for 15 years. I, I signed up uh, just for my last three years, never knowing, of course, we have a pandemic. But actually, right. I'm very glad that uh, I did that because it seems like, well, maybe this is one of the reasons I'm on the planet and the Actors Fund is on the planet as well. The Actors Fund has been around for 138 years, and it doesn't just serve actors. It serves anybody who is a, an entertainment uh, 
community professional, um, I, I like to say, uh, or call, call us, um, that has made a living. Um, so it serves actors, singers, dancers, camera people, boom operators, radio uh, announcers, um, uh, uh, you know, anybody that you can, you can think of. Uh, and that's a lot of people because those are all the people right now, particularly, that are, uh, uh, are, have get, gotten hit really, really hard. Um, kind of as an example, um, you know, I, I was uh, I was hit like in all four of those areas. Um, I was doing a show with my wife at City Center Encores uh, that got canceled along with the rest of Broadway. Right. Um, I, I had a television show that I've been working on uh, called Prodigal Son that I've been recurring on, but yep. that got canceled because uh, I had some more episodes to film on that uh, or or postponed, as they're saying. I had about six concerts because uh, I do concerts all over the United States. All right. of those were canceled. And um, and also a, a film that I was about to do some work on that also got canceled. But when I say that, right. I, I don't say that to call attention to me. I call, say that to call attention, you know, on a film, we're talking about hundreds of people that, that that includes. Same thing with the television show. Same thing with the Broadway show. You know, there are at least dozens of people that are also involved with that show that people don't see and aren't aware of that are in the background, um, you know, doing incredibly important work, like the, the crew, the, the lighting people, the, um, the orchestra that you often don't see, but you hear, um, you know, all kinds of people, but, and everybody's out of work. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to be one of the last sectors to come back, particularly live theater, because we rely on people gathering in a room, in a group together. Right. And what sorts of things are, is the actors, are the actors fund, doing uh, to sort of mitigate this crisis right now? And what is it trying to do with all this, all these funds that it's raising? Oh, the, the, well, that, this is what we do. This is what, what we specialize in is, you know, uh, um, our, our um, motto is to help people in, in, uh, in times of need or crisis or transition. And we right. seem to be in all three of those now. Right. Um, one of the main things that we've been doing is uh, dealing with uh, emergency financial assistance, um, which has really gone up quite a bit. Um, normally in a year, we would give out about $2 million in emergency financial assistance to different people. And this is for things like, uh, you know, things that they need sometimes help with the rent, um, help paying for their insurance, sometimes help with food. Um, right. But right now we're getting about 250 requests a day uh, for emergency financial assistance. Wow. And um, at this point, we've given out about, an, I think, nine and a half million dollars uh in emergency financial assistance normally in a year that would be two million and um we're, we're thinking probably by mid-june will be up to about 27 million dollars um, but it's about four times the amount um that we would we would normally do in a in a in a year um but that those are that's one of the things that we do. But we have all kinds of programs. One of the great things about the, the fund is that they were they were very forward thinking, um, and uh, we transitioned the financial assistance applications and all those uh, to online and to phone services quickly, so people can still call up and go online and and get help from people because everybody is still you know at work at the Actors Fund trying to to help uh, out with that. And I imagine that the the onus is now on the actress fund to raise even more money than it always has because you're giving out so much more money and you know uh so many more people are in need at this moment is that right oh uh, yeah yeah absolutely um it, it's kind of um 
uh, shocking, I think, at this point when I when I look at the the numbers that we're we're dealing with right now, because um, our our usual budget, our 2020 budget, is 46 million dollars, and it looks wow. like support and revenue is going to increase to about 76 million dollars this wow. year. But one of the great things is, you know, it feels like for the last 138 years the fund has been in this marvelous kind of rehearsal for this very moment that we happen to be in right now, because uh, in that time we've been connecting kind of, I, I feel like we've almost been like the hub of the wheel to a lot of different organizations, to a lot of the, uh, the, the unions, most of, not a lot of them, I would say pretty much all of the entertainment unions and organizations. Um, so now a lot of them have come forward and they're giving lots of money, Netflix, uh, TikTok, uh, uh Disney, um, uh, lots of individual donors as well have been giving money. And of course, uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which has always been our um, our single uh, largest donor, has been incredibly generous during all of this. Uh, but peop- everybody's coming forward at this point to help out. And then, as you said, there are all kinds of artists that are coming up with wonderful ideas like Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley stars in the house uh, right. that happens at two and eight every day, which is to make money for the actors fund. Uh, Jason Howland and the cast of beautiful that did this incredible video uh, of you got a friend also for the actors fund. Um, uh, Hump day with Hampshire, um, which is uh, an, another show that, that raises money for the fund. I mean, there's lots and lots of things. Artists, you, you just can't keep artists down. Nothing can, even a pandemic, it seems. And we are compelled to do what we do. And especially now, all those artists are really coming forward to help with such amazingly creative and wonderful ideas. And what still needs to be kept in to the forefront of everybody's mind as we're looking ahead? As you mentioned, uh, it seems like the performing arts are, are the uh, are the thing that will one of the things that will come back. Uh, latest. Yes. Uh, uh, well, on from from what aspect do you do you ask that question? Because there's lots of different points of view I could answer that question. Yeah, I guess in terms of what uh, an organization like the Actors Fund is able to focus on and what it's where it wants to sort of direct things in the future. Yeah. Um, well, right now we're we're dealing with the immediate, which are is the emergency assistance fund. That's almost every single call we get. Of course, we have you know all kinds of other programs, and those things continue. Uh, programs for seniors. We still have the Actors Fund Home. We have housing, uh, the Palm View, the Friedman Residence. We have all of these other things that right. are continuing to go go on. But what we're really dealing with now is the emergency assistance. But in the coming months, um, you know, we have work stoppage coming on. We have state quarantines that are still going to be in transition. And um, what we're looking at is kind of trying to figure out where we'll need to be. Um, and so we're, we're trying to respond to like the ongoing demand for the emergency financial assistance and also an increased need for, for services around health insurance uh, education, enrollment, um, navigating careers, because nobody knows where we're going to be with our careers, and also the government systems in the COVID economy, um, mental health, uh, addiction and recovery, which is being impacted really strongly by this, of course, and and for affordable housing as well, because so many people are going to be out of work. And, you know, where are we going to, how are they going to be able to 
to live and where are we going to be able to live? And we don't even know what's going to happen with the housing market at this point. Um, the problem with this disease is there's more questions than there are answers. And we have 50 million questions and we have 10 answers. And um, what we need to do, I think, is kind of which is so incredibly difficult, sit back and wait till we have some answers. And mostly now we're waiting for those answers from the scientists um, because they're the ones that are listening to the virus. And honestly, the virus is telling us what we are going to be able to do and what we're not going to be able to do. It's mother nature. It's like, you know, um, being uh, kind of the the victims of a, a tor tor uh, tornado, a hurricane, a tidal wave, something like that. We realize how small we are as human beings, but also we realize how um, creative and uh, um, uh, and uh, amazing we are as human beings as well to be able to you know battle this kind of thing, and especially the the whether it's the immediate effects effects or the after effects of it. I mean, we have lots of really, really great minds working in a lot of uh, different areas. And, uh, and you know, and of course, with that, you also have some not so great minds. Um, but right. you know, but I, I, won't, I won't say any more than that. <laughs> uh, one of the, you also work with an organization called Americans for the Arts. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what they're doing at this time. Yes, Americans for the Arts is another really terrific organization. It's a, it's an um, arts lobbying and ad advocacy organization. And it's not just for the performing arts, it's for all of the arts, uh, for visual arts as well. And um, people can find out more about both of these organizations, um, americansforthearts.org or actorsfund.org, or just Google them and that, you know, that'll take them straight to uh, uh, probably the, the sites. Um, but uh, Americans for the Arts is, is focused on uh, arts in our communities, arts education, uh, both for-profit and non-profit arts as well. And there's a lot of really interesting uh, information they have. They just have done two surveys, not only with artists, but with arts organizations as well. And the numbers that are coming back are kind of uh, depressing, you know, about the number of people that have lost their jobs because of COVID and a number of theaters that uh, that have are, are not working anymore. And um, I think about 10 or 15% of them at this point think they're not going to come back from this. Um, and the ones that are getting hit the hardest, it looks like, are going to be the mid-sized theaters. You know, the larger ones have endowments. The smaller ones are used to scrapping for money and you know having to work hard and doing things for free. But it's the mid-sized theaters that are most of them all over the country that are going to get really hit because you know they kind of work from month to month. Their budgets are much much more closely shaven than um, the rest of them. Um, and Americans for the Arts has uh, uh, suggestions on how you can help the theater in your community as well. So people can go online and, and kind of see those ideas. And if, and if you're an artist also, please take the, the surveys that they're, they're uh, putting on or an, or an arts, uh, um, uh, organization, uh, that, that would be very useful. Yeah. I'll have more with Brian Stokes Mitchell right after the break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
And now here's more with Brian Stokes Mitchell. You're someone who, for a long time, as you mentioned, 15 years with the Actors Fund has been very associated with the sort of charitable organizations that you do a lot of work for. Why is that important to you to remain involved as you have and for as long as you have? Well, you know, I feel incredibly fortunate. Um, I have, this is all I have done for my entire life is performing. Um, since I was 17 years old and left home, I immediately went into um, uh, an acting company and I went from there to Los Angeles and I immediately got into a television series. And then from there, I got into a Broadway show and, you know, one thing has led to another and uh, I keep changing, you know, what it is that I'm doing. Sometimes it's voiceover work, sometimes it's concerts, sometimes it's theater, sometimes it's television or film. Um, but I've always been able to make my living only doing that. And, um, I haven't had to have a, a backup job, um, you, you know, like uh, waiting tables or something like that, which are, by the way, in, yeah. in the times Also not viable right now, right? Those are also yeah. not viable. So that's the other thing, you know, all the backup jobs that actors are so accustomed to having. Um, but I, I've been very, very fortunate that this is all that I've done in my life. And uh, when, when I was asked to be a part of the Actors Fund and also Americans for the Arts as well, and it was, I think, 18 or 19 years ago now because I was on the board before I was the chairman of the board oh, okay. a number of years as well. Um, that's for the Actors Fund. Um, when I, when I was asked to be a part of it, you know, I, I think, you know, I, the, the universe has been so good to me when the universe asks for you, you to help, help and give something back, you, you say yes. Um, so that's, that's what I've been doing. And, um, and that's what I'm doing now. And I continue to do now. If people ask me, you know, to do things generally, I say yes. And honestly, I'm finding that I'm busier now than I was when I was getting paid for it. <laughs> like I get up in the morning and I'm doing videos and I'm doing interviews and I'm doing a, you know, a, a something for somebody or whatever it is. And, and, uh, and then I look at my clock and it's, it's one in the morning and I, I think, where did the time go? But it's, it's really good. It's very, very good work. And I felt that all along with my work with uh, the charities as well, uh, that, it, you know, it just makes you feel good. And I'm working with brilliant people, Joe Benincasa, who's the president and CEO of the uh, Actors Fund, and, right. and uh, Robert Lynch, who's the CEO of, of Americans for the Arts, are just not only brilliant human beings, but wonderful human beings, really great people that I just uh, I feel so honored to know and um so I, I feel blessed being able to even give uh, that way, you know, on, on a number of different levels. Yeah. You, as you mentioned, you work in all sorts of media and you have for your entire career. When did you first feel the pull of Broadway? Because Broadway has, at least for us theater fans, uh, become the place where you are uh, kind of most strongly associated with. Yeah, that, it, that which is kind of... Uh, I, I love that, but it's been odd to me because throughout my career, that's kind of been, you know, when I was doing television, that's what everybody thought I was a television person. Right. And they were surprised when I did a Broadway and then I went into voiceovers. I did a lot of animated voiceovers and people, you know, a lot of people knew me from that and and they thought that's, that's what I was doing. So, you know, I, I always say you, it's harder to hit a moving target. So I keep... <laughs> keep changing things up. Um, it, it's also useful because, you know, you never know where the work is and you kind of have to keep reinventing yourself every, every now and then. But I actually was raised on the stage. When I started acting, I started in San Diego when I was about 14 years old with a company called, uh, or group called San Diego Junior Theater, which was originally founded 80, 90 years ago now by the Old Globe Theater. And is that and where you're from, the San Diego area? 
No, I was, I'm from Seattle, but we moved around a lot. I was raised overseas. My father was a civilian working for the Navy. So most of my childhood was spent in Guam and the Philippines. But when I was 14 years old, we moved back to San Diego. And that's when I got involved in, in acting. And then I got involved. I started working at the Globe Theater and Starlight Opera. And that kind of was my beginning. But my, I always think that my roots uh, are in the theater. They're not, I studied film acting for a very, very long time and with lots of different people as well. And I did that for a long time and I continue to do that. But I think my first love is, is, um, is the theater and especially musical theater, because I, I love to sing and music has been such a part, big part of my life since I was six years old is when I started playing the piano. Oh, wow. And uh, I've been singing, was singing even before that. So, uh, so it, I, I do feel like this is, uh, this is really my home, New York and, and Broadway. And, um, and I, I'm, you know, just feel uh, very, uh, uh, honored and blessed and and happy to have been welcomed to this community like I have. Um, but after I did the series that I was on called Trapper John MD, you yeah, know, right. for the three people that remember that, um, <laughs> um, I, I actually went into a, a theatrical production of the Pasadena Playhouse that ended up being transferred to Broadway. So that was my introduction right. to Broadway. And then it kind of took off from from there. And, um, and I would go back and forth for a while, but I, I love Broadway so much. And I, and I felt in my heart, you know, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. What do you think of as a particularly meaningful early gig for you or an early job that really shaped your career and how you, how you tackle it? Wow. I, it's funny because it's hard for me to pick out any one thing early in my career. I feel like my career has been this series of different events and different shows. Literally, I could, I could track everything that I'm doing up till now, all the way back to San Diego Junior Theater when I was huh. 16 years old and played Conrad Birdie and Bye Bye Birdie, which is the first musical production uh, that I wow. that I had ever done as an actor. And I remember feeling the response of the audience. And, you know, and that I think was the first experience that made me say, oh, I, I kind of like this. I maybe have a, a an, uh, uh, an, uh, an ability or an affinity uh, for this as well. And then one thing led to another and the connections that I made from that and from being in junior theater led to the globe and the other places that I worked in starlight opera. And those connections led me to the, the, uh, the 12th night repertory company, which took me up to Los Angeles. And because I was there, that allowed me to go into television. And because of the television that allowed me to enter Broadway on a certain level, um, you know, I didn't have to start from uh, the very beginning on Broadway. So everything is fed uh, into everything else. And that's what I feel, you know, I think that, that, Life is kind of a continuum for most of us. Um, I don't think there's that many people that, you know, get have that lucky big break that goes boom and here they are all of a sudden. And um, you know, that puts them on the map. Um, some people do. Uh, and most of those I find are kind of one hit wonders. They seem to disappear quickly as well. Um, but I think it's the people that really work hard and work at their craft for a long time and kind of ripen slowly that seem to have the the longest careers, not always, but, um, but, but usually I think, and, um, I feel maybe I was one of those slow ripeners. And I think really it's been about, uh, the joy of learning, um, 
I, I do lots of things. I also uh, uh, write uh, and, and music and, and orchestrate and compose. I've done three solo albums that I produced. And so, you know, you learn a lot of things as well uh, with that. And um, and people often ask me, what do you do best? Well, what I think I do best is I'm a student. I like to study. I like to learn new things. And I think um, that's taken me uh, far in life. And I, you know, and I and I still love that it's great to be curious i think if you're if you're an artist yeah do you uh, among your more recent work uh impossible i guess well, relatively recent um impossible dream the song you were singing out the window is one that's been very associated with you did that start with man of la mancha or was that did you have an association with that song prior to that no, I never did. Uh, it started with Man of La Mancha. It's a show that I actually did at the Belleville Dinner Theater in San Diego, which is long defunct, you know, along with most of the other dinner theaters. And I just played one of the muleteers. As a matter of fact, I was one of the nameless muleteers because I had an extra muleteer, so I didn't even have a name. I think we made up something like I was Paco or something like that. <laughs> The other ones are mostly named in the script. Yeah. Uh, but I remember seeing the, the gentleman who was playing Don Quixote and thinking, oh, man, one day I would really love to do that role. Because even back then I had this big baritone voice. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't as, as, as refined or as schooled uh, at that point. But I could, you know, still carry a pretty decent tune. Um, I never dreamed that I would be doing it on on Broadway. And when I first uh, um approached Mitch Lee about doing the show, um, I, I found out that he had seen me perform in Ragtime and some other shows and oh. um, and Kiss Me Kate, I think, as well. And and he and uh, Dale Wasserman, who was still alive at the time, both of oh, them yeah. were there. They both passed on. Um, they they both said, you know what, we it would be great to do a, um, a revival of the show with that guy. So they were kind of thinking of me. So it was mutually wonderful. Um, and one of the things I was looking forward to was doing the impossible dream. You know, I mean, the, the good news is you get to sing that song, which is one of the best known songs in the world. Um, it's been covered by everybody. And the bad news is you get to sing that song, which is one of the best song, known right. songs in the world. It's been covered by everybody. So my challenge was to find a new way to, to sing it and a new into it. And I think I found that for myself and it has kind of become like a, a signature song for me. And, and probably the most requested song that I get. Usually, I can hardly do a concert without somebody screaming out to, to sing "Impossible Dream," even if I had not planned on singing it. So, <laughs> and it's a it's an amazing song, actually. And especially now, you know, it applies very much to this time. You know, the lyrics of it: "To dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go." And I love it because it's not a song about trying to do the impossible. It's a song about trying, period. Right. You know, yeah. we can't do anything unless we try. And that's what we're all trying to do right now. The, you know, the, the, the nurses, the doctors, the, the EMS workers, the scientists, um, all of us <laughs> just living life, just trying to get through. We're all trying right now. And it seems to be a perfect song for this time. When all this is over, what is the thing that you are most looking forward to doing? Wow. I think I'm what I'm most looking forward to doing is sitting in a theater with other people without fear, not only me, but everybody, everybody else sitting around me without fear that you're going to catch some disease and to be able to celebrate what's going on, on, on the stage and to hear the music of the orchestra, uh, to, to watch the work of the people on the stage to experience the work of all of the people behind the scenes um, you, as well that are a part of that production that make that happen. Um, that's what I, I think I most look forward to um, is, 
is 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 that actually yeah well i look forward to that moment when we can uh, all gather in a theater with you up on stage or in the audience with us uh thanks very much stokes for taking the time to speak with me it has been my pleasure thanks so much for having me gordon That was Tony-winning Broadway favorite Brian Stokes Mitchell. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and find past episodes there and on all the other pod places, including Spotify and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back next week with another new episode. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.